Fast food giant McDonald's is learning the hard way what can happen when a social media campaign gets uh, deep fried. Hello, I'm Mike Merrill here with Zach Rose, and today we have a bit of a, I think, a dud of a case study. It's called really? McDonald Twitter Campaign Hype versus Reality, and it's about their failed hashtag McD Stories campaign. And while I think the case study is poorly done, I find the subject matter fascinating. So really, let's just talk about McDonald's social media and the missteps and what they've been able to do. I thought the case study was fine. What did you not like about it, Mike? First of all, I found it very short. When I hit page seven, which is only a half page, and then I was like, oh, that's it. And then I expected there to be some graphs and data backing it up, as we've seen in many of these examples. And there's just one graph showing their annual revenue and operating income, which has nothing to do with the case study. It's pretty light. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you that. But I think there's something of a gem here. I think they have a pretty clear narrative of what happened. It's like a crisis situation at McDonald's to some degree. And then they talk about why they did it that way, what the incentives were, and how they tried to backpedal. And I think it really leaves it open for not so much deciding what you would do in 2023 as the social media director of McDonald's, but certainly back then, different job, different time. And I would love to hear what you would do differently, but we'll get into that. I think I just wanted a little bit more context for some of the things that were going on. This felt very much someone was given the framework of this is a case study and hit all the marks, but it felt like somebody performing a task to a kind of pre-assigned mm. assignment kind of style. Um, you thought I Paul Biggis's heart was not in it? Yeah, I think he was I think he was going for the grades and I don't think that he really dug into the truth of the matter of the hashtag McD stories failure. Enough circling around it. Let's get into, for our listeners, what exactly happened. Let's back up and do a little bit of context because okay. this story happens on the watch of Rick Wyon. And in a lot of ways, this is the story of Rick Wyon. He is McDonald's first social media director. And he had become the social media manager in 2010 after having worked in corporate social media for McDonald's while at a PR firm where he was a vice president. So he knew the job already. He was good at it. He was working with McDonald's on building this up. I was reading about how he helped set some of the rules about how to structure the various other McDonald's accounts, like either the regional accounts or the international accounts. So he's a big strategic thinker in this world. He's been on a number of different podcasts talking about how to run social media campaigns. I did a deep dive on his Instagram all the way back to the beginning, watched his children grow up. I feel like I know him. He's a runner also, much like the current CEO. Uh, he's Mike, I was going to ask if you've done any research on this guy, but it sounds like you have. I went a little too deep, as I have a tendency to do. What happened was... He has since left this job, and so I just started scrolling back through social media, being like, oh, I wonder if he's captured his days at McDonald's. And yes, I did go all <laughs> the way back to 2012 in his social media. And he's um, also a former journalist, which I think plays into this, and his expectations of other journalists are... Yes, so he goes journalism, PR, and then goes onto the brand side, in-house, as they say. 
Yep. So yeah, and in 2012, McDonald's's larger communication strategy is working to counter some of these critiques that they're getting. Things like animal cruelty and that McDonald's is part of this problem of junk food infecting America. A key part of that is focusing on the food quality of the food yes. at McDonald's. There's this consensus at the time or sort of this meme that McDonald's is not real food, that they're making it out of fake pink meat sludge, which they are, but that's what chicken looks like and all these different things and that they are going to counteract this with a meet the farmers campaign. Going back to those early days of Ray Kroc and his structuring of the relationships he had between the suppliers and McDonald's, I think even the meet the farmers, this hashtag meet the farmers campaign speaks to that arrangement. Like he was on the three-legged stool. Yeah, exactly. And from that angle already, I'm bought in. Oh, this is a good idea. Hashtag meet the farmers. They get documentaries made about two different farmers and a cattle rancher that they can then break up and either use as commercials or short form. These are heartfelt. Here's the people making your food and sharing and presenting that to the audience. Yeah, I definitely remember one of these documentaries about the chicken nugget making at McDonald's Canada. And they specifically showed the pink sludge coming out and explained that this is normal. This is what it looks like. This is, it's not that weird. When you grind up a bunch of chickens and turn them into a paste in order to reconstitute them into pre-shaped chicken nuggets, there's a little pink involved. It's going to look like a pink sludge. Any sort of food at scale has to hide the strangeness of mechanical food processing from us. You can show the source material, like the chicken and the cow, and then you can show the final product. But anything in the middle, they have to hide all of that. And that's not just a McDonald's issue. That's pretty much anything that Americans eat. I don't know. You can watch some YouTube about how butchering is done well. But I think at scale, it definitely changes. At scale changes. And even when it's done well, if you showed most people, they're going to be like, oh, that's gross. We're pretty distant from our food as a, as a culture. So the weird thing is 13 hours into this campaign, they switched the hashtag from Meet the Farmers to McD Stories. Why did they do that, Mike? This is obviously them trying to trick us. So they have this idea that they're going to pay for a trending topic as meet the farmers hashtag meet the farmers they're paying to get that hashtag listed and then because they know that a paid hashtag campaign doesn't work for very long people will click it once and then they won't click it again yeah and so what they do is they set up two hashtags for the same campaign in a day so that at noon they switch over from hashtag meet the farmers to hashtag mcd stories because they know that people will click on the new one, hopefully after they've been exposed to this idea. So they're thinking, hashtag meet the farmers, people are going to go, what is that? Click on it, get a little bit of sense of McDonald's in their minds. Then they're going to switch to McD stories, get them to click again, and hopefully share some of their own wonderful stories about McDonald's. It's not so much that they're trying to trick us. They're just getting too in the weeds of how it works. And they're getting maybe stingy with their marketing dollars and wanting to squeeze it for the maximum amount of engagement they can at the risk of going off message. But at the point that you decide that it's more important that I click twice on your garbage campaign than it is to actually create content that I will look at and share with somebody else, 
That's the point at which you have decided to trick me. Aren't they running two campaigns? And I think this is what it gets down to, is that they lose focus and then they switch off to this other thing where everybody starts chiming in. If it wasn't pre-planned, if they had launched the Meet the Farmers campaign and then thought, oh, it's not working, the response is way lower, quick, emergency, we have to change to something else, or even let's go to our plan B backup plan, that would have been different than we know that people only click once on a paid promotion, and so we're going to have two ready so that we can really push those numbers through the day with these two different hashtags. I don't think that's so sinister, but I do think it's off message that they went from Meet the Farmers to McD Stories. This idea is obviously in 2023 terrible and stupid because Twitter is fueled by outrage. As a social media expert in 2012, you don't know this, but the more angry you are or that you act, the better that you do on Twitter. And social media, they love a rant, a screed, maybe just a good old-fashioned shaming. But Rick had to know, and I think he admits that, yeah, we knew there was going to be some negative elements. There always is on social media. But whatever they were hoping for with hashtag Stories, I just wonder what examples they have of that kind of content that they were pointing to and saying, we want more of this kind of thing. Yeah, it seems like a terrible choice of a hashtag. It's completely off of what they were launching their campaign about. And it's so open-ended that everybody wants to chime in. And when you say McD stories, everyone has a story about McDonald's. And you've lost control of the story you're telling. I think there's a tendency to invite everyone to participate. And I think that brands have learned better since 2012. Yeah, it's very hard to think of ways to slam McDonald's with hashtag meet the farmers. Exactly. Because you end up inadvertently punching down to the farmers, whereas a hashtag McDStories, it's just a delightfully easy way to punch up. You might as well say hashtag this actually happened to me at a real McDonald's. That's a really good ad campaign. They have these documentary films, let's call them, They want more people to watch these things, and they're trying to use Twitter to generate more views of this content that they've created, and at the same time to, quote-unquote, generate conversation. And to be fair, they generated a lot of conversation with hashtag McDStories. (laughs) And some of that is from Vita, actually, about the liquid chicken McNuggets. And they said, McDStories, liquid chicken nuggets, link to something, who's hungry for at McDonald's? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, the example tweets that they put in the case study were funny. It's very funny. My wife can always tell when I've been to McDonald's by the smell of the farts. (laughs) Hashtag McDStories. And we got to give credit to that one. I think that one is from... Sirius J? Sirius J? And all of these people are still tweeting. You can look them up. And so should we do just a quick shout out to JF Smith 23 Muzza Fuzza, Sirius, Nate Bramble, <laughs> Michelle V. Nilo underscore Taylor. <laughs> we should look these people up before we actually include them. Who knows what they've said since. It is strange that a giant brand like McDonald's comes onto this social media platform and wants to generate comments from people that they honestly don't care about. Right. And the success of a campaign is how much interaction did you get, which is not that different than the 
metric for the social media platform itself. And yet here we are surprised by the fact that everyone is hating on it. So are you saying that hating on it is actually good for McDonald's because people are talking about it? I'm saying it's the purpose of the platform. Does it serve McDonald's though? Well, that's a more complicated question. I think that the persona of brands that we have on Twitter and the way that they talk to each other now is very much a response to the fact that social media is engineered to be hateful and negative. Hmm. And that exists as a way to be a more quasi-positive messaging platform. The way that brands use Twitter specifically is very different than any other of their corporate messaging. And I'm sure what they do is they probably get a young person who's good at memes to do that job until they cross a line, then they fire them and they get a new one. Because how do you do that job and not eventually cross a line? But that style, I think, is the best that a brand can hope to do in that environment. Do you think if McDonald's had a 4chan account, it would be similar? They would just evolve into making the most outrageous, hateful McDonald's commentary or getting the most vile attention-grabbing content? I can't see McDonald's doing that, obviously, as a one of our sort of premium brands, but th I feel like there is definitely an opportunity for a C-level brand to enter a C or D-level social media space and engage. Yeah. Also, there's all kinds of opportunity to really do something novel. I think corporations forget that and they lose sight of it because the committees can't decide. But who was the, who was the chopped meat frozen sandwich guy? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Steakums was a f like a frozen chopped up beef brand that you buy at the supermarket and their Twitter ambassador just shot them to the moon, basically. Yeah. It was somebody who definitely should have been doing something greater than working the Steakums Twitter. And they knew that, or that that became the joke. Yep. And that was the material to drive attention towards Steakum, the frozen chopped up beef brand that you find at the grocery store. That's a good counter to this case study, is the use of a much more organic way to engage with the platform that is of the platform, as opposed to this McDonald's way, which is a little bit safer, a little bit more lean back, and let's apply some of our larger communication strategies to this medium, slightly adapted. And that's where I think Rick fails. His take on this whole thing is to approach it from a very early sense of what social media is. It's a very AOL chatroom style mentality. He does not see Twitter as the dark and dangerous place that it is. And that goes back to his optimism, his wonderful life and family, his he just he loves a good microbrew. Loves it's to go for a run, take his kid to soccer. Is he too far ahead or is he too far behind? Does he know too much about how online is supposed to work that he wants to bring McDonald's into that fray too closely? Or is he too centered on being able to control the narrative in traditional media, like in a more traditional journalism environment? I think he is a journalist who's applying kind of newspaper or broadcast thinking to this new medium. And he's an advocate of it and he's excited about it and he engages in this world but i don't think he understands it and i don't think he has followed the evolution up until this point that he's doing these campaigns i think he's still acting as 
a kind of PR manager for McDonald's and for communications. And I don't think he has a wide enough view on what's going on. 2012, it was still pretty dark out there. It's not like Twitter changed suddenly into this place where there was mean, horrible people. It existed. And even the mean horribleness is often used to justify a cause and not directly seen as mean and horrible by the people participating. And McDonald's is a fair target. It is risky for McDonald's to even exist on this platform because any random person can hit the right note and go viral with a tweet that just mocks, undermines, destroys a campaign or like the idea of McDonald's. McDonald's is too big of a target and you're basically setting yourself up as, hey, I'm Goliath, go ahead, one million Davids. I think there's room for good fun on Twitter at McDonald's. And I don't always think it has to be at McDonald's expense. To some degree, McDonald's is aware that they have this legacy, they have this position in material culture and like the built environment and all these things. And it's like, it's fair game to poke fun at McDonald's without saying anything super positive or negative about the actual operations or eating there or the company itself. Going back to the 2012 era, there was a excitement about this idea to quote unquote engage with people. And so these campaigns are being forced and twisted into these ways of how do we get people to, again, tell their own stories, respond. And the idea of what engagement was felt a little bit, maybe still more blog than it did like, tweet, reshare. It felt a little bit more of we want the interaction as opposed to we want to entertain. And if you look at the current McDonald's as they're coming back from that post Elon lapse that they, that little break that they took, when they just recently launched this Grimace takeover. Right. Grimace's birthday is Monday, June 12th. The Grimace campaign does not feel like they are asking people to tell their Grimace stories or to engage other than simply to watch it unfold. It is a performance that they're doing on Twitter. And I think that is a lot, the level of quote unquote engagement is just likes, retweets, and looking at it. Yeah, I think they've come to understand the environment a little bit better. And they're not, they're not the chaperone jumping in at the dance anymore. They are understanding that they have a role to play and that their role is to produce some fun content. And that's exactly what it felt like with this switch from hashtag meet the farmers to hashtag stories. It felt like pull up the chair, sit on it backwards, turn your hat around and be like, you How know, do you do fellow kids? Exactly. Did you know that Shakespeare was the first rapper? Like that kind of <laughs> very cringy sort of switch. It feels inauthentic and it shows the advertising it's oh hey mcdonald's your advertising is showing like i I can see what you're doing and it's a little cringy and i don't like it and i think that's the undercurrent of why people went in for the attack there it's because it was so obvious what they were doing it really showed that they had been studying up before they joined in paul biggest is the author of this case study and one of the things that kind of turned me off to it is the way he's a little bit of a mcdonald's bootlicker in his portrayal of what went down, the language that he uses around, oh, there weren't that many negative tweets about it. Then at the same time saying, but there were so many that 
They immediately switched back to meet the farmers to stop the flood of tweets. And then he really backs up Rick's complaint about when all the media came on and started highlighting all the negative sentiment, no one would talk about the the number of tweets or the data or anything like that or anything that showed it as a smaller thing. You can't have it both ways. Either it was a big deal, <laughs> in which case it's newsworthy, or it wasn't. They're trying to have it both. And yeah. that, I think that that stung at me a little bit. This part of the case study gets really interesting because they have some people sharing their like funny, gross McD stories, whatever, being like a little bit denigrating to the brand. They switch back to meet the farmers. And then like for a day or two, that's fine. Except that then somewhat more traditional media gets a hold of what happened and turns it into this second order thing where isn't it so embarrassing that McDonald's failed so hard on Twitter? I can't imagine that happening anymore. I disagree. If you look at second or third tier news sources, all news is anymore is people reporting what happened on TikTok. Mm. That I have a in the Apple News app, I set up a search for McDonald's and as I scroll through it, it is mostly garbage about what people are doing on TikTok. Incredible. It's it's insane to me and it's part of it I guess because that is what people are doing and then they do a thing, it gets enough attention. There's an argument to me made that perhaps that's newsworthy. I don't know. Mm, like notability on Wikipedia. So what would you do in this environment? What would you do in 2012, actually? Would you, I think the answer to me is pretty clear that you stay on message, you have something to share and you don't just open it up to the commons. Honestly, I think Rick and his team did this correctly. They tried to manipulate Twitter to get what they wanted to prove that they deserve promotions within the company of McDonald's, right? They are self-serving themselves by saying, we are going to help boost this farmer content that we made using social media. They quickly realized that it wasn't working when they made that switch from Meet the Farmers to McDee Stories, and they already had it ready to switch back. They had everything in place that they needed to take a risk and then... quickly adapt and get out of that sort of dangerous place the strangeness was the media coming in and again not immediately but several days later suddenly you have all these news articles and it reaches abc news and like major headlines are saying that these mcphail and and other headlines rick causes a situation that is going to fall at his boss's level not his level because suddenly there is a there's a media outbreak yeah there's a marketing problem that is beyond just his social media purview that is his fault and i don't think it's that surprising that he's out of mcdonald's two years later i was reluctant to ask but since you've researched him so heavily do you know what he's been doing since it seems like he had a great seven years at Kellogg's. He got to go and do a lot of the same things. Got to go to a lot of the source farms and share a lot of the products at Kellogg's. After seven years at Kellogg's, it seems like a real obvious kind of transition from going from social media director at McDonald's, the first one they've ever had. You take that to Kellogg's, huge brand, massive amount of products, and then he goes to work just last year for James Hardy, which is not a brand anyone has ever heard of. And they make, I think they make wood 
wholesale building materials. Yeah, so he's essentially disappeared from the public conversation at that point. Wow. Which I have to say is a little bit disappointing. Maybe he got a great offer. Maybe circumstances changed. Maybe he got really into the construction industry. We wish him well. Oh, of course. I feel like I know him. So moving away from this 2012 era, which is a hard time to remember within social media and thinking about where we are now, McDonald's slowly coming back from their Twitter hiatus and knowing that social media has a negativity bias, right? This is something that psychologists and governments have studied, how our strong negative emotional response is what causes profits for social media companies. What do we do now, Zach? How do we engage on social media, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, with TikTok in kind of that current climate? I think the same general rule holds, which is don't create a vacuum. Don't go out and ask everyone to tell you their McDonald's story. This was the hard-won wisdom of McDonald's' experiment here. There's always room for improvement, but I think they're doing a decent job now of having something to say, creating some new making something that people are going to relate to in one way or another. They've decided that 2023, they're going to start celebrating Grimace's birthday. He's 51 and there will be like a bigger Happy Meal. It's like a Happy Meal that comes with the Big Mac. Grimace meal, there's a purple shake. They did some great content uh, about Grimace coming back. And it's the big purple guy looking into the camera over, over the top and saying, yeah, I'm taking over. They are absolutely following the Accelerating the Arches plan of reaching out into the community. They're featuring all these community-minded stories on McDonald's Instagram. So I think they've learned the lesson, and I think they're coming with something they want to talk about. The team that is engaging as Grimace right now feels like a more native understanding of where we are. It feels really integrated into the idea of how we interact with social media. The launch of the Grimace takeover starts with someone just mashing random letters on the keyboard. That's the whole tweet. It's, I don't know, 16, 17 characters. And that has 8.6 million views and a huge long thread under that. Yeah. Of people being, what is this? The official Merriam-Webster account coming in and commenting on it. And then them using that, knowing that's going to happen, right? They correctly anticipated the response to that. Then they were able to use that to talk about Grimace using social media for the first time. Much more playful. And focused, which is your point, that they're coming at this with with a focus and with intention and with a story and a point of view. I think the Grimace birthday and the Grimace shake, it works because it fits the logic of McDonald's. And the end goal is that you buy this purple milkshake starting June 12th. They're out there with a reason. Everything is motivated. And it's also weird and lighthearted and ridiculous, which matches Twitter. Even the Meet the Farmers campaign is a poor match for Twitter. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. might make a good Instagram campaign, but it feels too earnest for Twitter. Yeah. There's something about the tone and the f native feeling of the content that needs to be changed. I don't think you can go and shoot a big piece on your farmers and just parcel that out to these different forms as if they're different channels on the TV. These are different forms of media. Different and I think that's an understanding that was lacking. Yeah, absolutely. I did find a quote from Rick Wyon in a interview that he did where he said, social media is a space for engagement. 
And what I love about that is it speaks to an optimism about what a brand thinks <laughs> is engagement, but it also accidentally speaks to the negative side of engagement that can happen in social media. The current environment of social media and Twitter specifically right now, it's a dangerous place. And it's interesting to see companies come back to it slowly, see what's going to happen. We know that there's a new CEO at Twitter who came from a marketing and advertising space. That's clearly going to be the money-making focus going forward for Twitter. And we'll see what kind of impact that has and how brands like McDonald's respond to it. Oh, this is interesting. As of 2023, we are in Accelerating the Arches 2.0. And Accelerating the Arches 2.0 is about doubling down on the four Ds of delivery, digital, drive-through, and development. And McDonald's also plans to elevate its marketing with more emphasis on campaigns like famous orders. Wait, what was the fourth D? Delivery, drive-through, digital, and? Development. What does that entail? They just brought that woman over from Chipotle and it's new things, more restaurants, maybe product development. New and more. <laughs> new and more. And that's how they're going to maintain dominance. Maintain dominance being such a powerful and inherently defensive strategy. Absolutely. And that's the difficulty of playing number one in business. I've always yeah. heard it's much easier to be number two. Are you excited about the shake? Yeah, we'll see. I've heard it's very sweet. It's mm. supposed to be a berry flavor, but it, someone said it's like the sweetest thing they've ever tasted. So I do get a dollar and 52 cent dividend per share of McDonald's on June 20th. And then I'm excited to buy lunch with it at McDonald's because Grimace's birthday is on the 12th. So they're going to have the new Grimace meals. And then I get to earn points from that lunch on the McDonald's app and then use those points to get 40% off on an ice cream cone or something like that. I really feel like I'm using every part of the corporation. Hashtag McD stories tweet from user Zombie Riot reads Diabetes. The end. <laughs>